0: On this week's episode, we travel to the United Kingdom to talk with Emily White, whose daughter Poppy has Rett Syndrome.
1: But first, we share our top three highlights from our trip to Nashville, Tennessee.
0: Today is May 9th, 2022. Let's start the show. Welcome to the Pretty Happy Podcast. My name is Sam. And my name is Sarah.
1: And we're the parents of Zoe, a child with Rett Syndrome.
0: How are you doing today, Sarah?
1: I'm doing all right. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Are you happy to be home from our trip? I am. It's always fun to plan and prepare for it, but it's... I don't know about that. I think it is. I think it's a lot of fun to plan and prepare for it, <laughs> but I hate coming home. Unpacked everything. That's one way to put it. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't ask you. To. No, you, you just didn't. Did it because you, you didn't. were very kind.
1: i well, it was a little bit self-serving because I didn't want your stuff just sitting there for a couple of days. I wanted it to actually like get put away.
0: It would have gotten put away. Yeah, in a couple of days. Yeah,
1: exactly. I wanted it put away now
0: jeez
2: okay
1: i'm Um, one of those people i come home from a trip and i want everything back to where it's supposed to be i was gonna say where it should be but i like everything back put away done yeah when it's done it's done
0: yeah see i as soon as i walk through the door i don't want to do anything else i'm done (laughs) i don't I am fed up with everything. I don't want to do anything else. And so I just, I'm done. <laughs> I know it's not the right thing to do because, you know, as an adult, you need to clean up after yourself. But that's who I am.
1: It's true. Whenever we come home, you always, we can do that later. We'll yeah. We'll take care of that tomorrow. Yeah,
0: exactly. I just want to relax for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of our trip, on this week's episode, our top three is all about our trip to Nashville. So starting at number one, Sarah, what have we got?
1: The convention center that we stayed at.
0: Yeah, so we stayed at the Gaylord Convention Center in Nashville, Tennessee, and that was where they were hosting the Ascend RET conference. I mean, that's not technically what it was called, but that's what I'm going to call it for short because if we use the full name, we're going to be here forever. Yes. But it was, yeah, it was a beautiful, beautiful oh, it was place.
1: Gorgeous. It was nine, nine acres.
0: I have is no that idea. how big it is? Oh, no, no, it's more than that. It's huge. It has to be more than
1: that. It's huge.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's absolutely massive. If you haven't looked at it before, it is amazing. It is really unique. Uh, when you walk into the facility, you're kind of confused because you're inside, but it looks like you're outside.
1: They have like sections of the building that are just huge atriums. Mm-hmm. It's...
0: That are all it's enclosed. Crazy. It's all enclosed. The The entire facility is, is enclosed. And in fact, they have their own waterway, mm-hmm. and they have an island where they have a bunch of shops.
1: And they have boat rides. You can take a boat ride inside.
0: For 14 bucks. For, yeah, percent. we didn't do it. We're <laughs> cheap.
1: But but how cool is that? Inside, you can take a boat ride. Like, that's pretty cool. And we found out from one of the Uber drivers that they actually switch out the plants.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think it's necessarily switch out the plants. I think it's more they're constantly planting like new. Oh, new stuff I thought you said that they switched them out. I don't know that it's switching. Maybe they do, but I mean, I saw somebody who was planting, and My I and up. I walked by, and I saw that it had tags for a specific nursery, which it wasn't. It wasn't branded Gaylord. It wasn't branded Marriott. Mm. It wasn't branded anything like that. So, I mean, it could be owned by the same company that manages the convention center. But Mm. anyways, you should definitely look online to check it out because it is really cool. So uh, even if you don't ever intend on staying there, if you pass through Nashville, you should definitely stop by and just do a walkthrough of the facility. Uh, You will get lost. Yes. No amount of orienteering skills is going to help you (laughs) in there. It is massive and an absolute maze. Well, number two, what have we got, Sarah? The
1: 2022 Spring Soiree. What is that? It is the fundraiser that we went to by the Giselle Lauren Foundation.
0: Yeah, we were lucky enough to be there at the same time that they were doing this uh, fundraiser event, and they By invited us. By be there,
1: you mean we were well, in Nashville?
0: Yeah, yeah, be out in the vicinity, and we were invited to attend as well. And it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And we got to meet a a new friend, Christy, who also lives in Tennessee, and she her daughter has. Rhett Syndrome as well and so it was really great not only to meet the Pratts in person but it was also great to meet Christy and hear a little bit about her family and we really hope that sometime in the future we'll be able to meet the whole family because it was just her yep. at the event but she had wonderful things to say about her family and it, they all just seemed really great and fun. So another friend that we have made thanks yes. to Rett Syndrome. And lastly, number three.
1: So, number three is the survey that we have put out for or about, I guess, about the Ascend Rett Syndrome National Summit.
0: Yeah, so we had a lot of conversations with people who attended the event, and we heard some really unique and interesting ideas and thoughts about the event and as far as we know at this point there has not been a survey put out to those that attended Mm -hmm. and so we figured that we would go ahead and just put one out we have no way to connect with everybody who attended the event and in fact we don't intend this to be you know proof of everybody's experience yeah but what i think so far what it's showing is that there is a decent consensus about some good things that happened, some things that people would like to see improved in the future. And so if you happen to had happened to have had had English, if you attended the event. Yes. If you attended the Ascend conference uh, or you have a family member, a friend, a colleague, whoever it may be that attended the event, uh, definitely go to our website, which is linked in the show notes, and it's going to be the very top link for our the survey. And it's an anonymous survey. Yep. We don't gather any personal details. Uh, the only thing that we gather that would be kind of personal, but it's not connected to you, is we ask what your connection to Rett syndrome is, and then we ask if you are a parent or caregiver, what the age range of the yeah. person that you are caring for uh, n- none of that is directly identifiable. So it's a great opportunity for you to kind of just share your thoughts. We have no sway in in what happens at this event, by the way. It is purely... Oh, yeah, no.
1: <laughs> We're not affiliated with the yeah. International Rett Syndrome Foundation at all. Yeah. We are just genuinely curious what everybody else thought about it. And we are gathering everybody's stories and thoughts and opinions Mm -hmm. so that in our next episode, when we talk about our experience at Ascend, Mm -hmm. we can share what everybody else thought too.
0: Absolutely. So definitely head over to our website. It's linked in the description or the show notes or whatever you want to call it of this episode. And you can uh, click the very top link. It'll say survey and that'll send you over to that little Google form that you can fill out. And welcome back, everybody. We are very excited to have on the show today a friend that we have met from all the way in the United Kingdom, Emily White. Emily, she has a daughter who has Rett syndrome, and we were able to connect with her over Instagram, and so we are so very excited to have her on the show. Welcome, Emily.
3: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, your daughter's name is Poppy, and how old is Poppy?
3: Puppy,
0: is six-year-old. Six years old. She's uh, probably about a year and a half older than our Zoe, so they're pretty well around the same age. So,
3: who is
0: now two and a half. Wow. Uh, busy. Busy times in your home, just like they are in ours right now.
3: Uh, always busy. Always running <laughs> from one place to the other.
0: Absolutely. And uh, having kids that young certainly doesn't uh, keep things calm either, right?
3: <laughs> no. Well... Poppy wasn't exactly planned for us, so it was Mm. a bit of a big surprise. My husband was 22, I was 24, and we had just started dating. And then off, Poppy came in, and yeah, it changed our whole whole lives. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, that's uh, regardless of whether you plan to have children or not, uh, I don't think anybody's actually prepared (laughs) for them and the changes that it brings. (laughs) because it changes everything about your life. It changes your schedule. It changes who you are, who you associate with. Uh, I mean, you're not spending a whole lot of time usually with friends who don't have children.
3: No, but me for me, I was, I think, a little bit more prepared because uh, I'm a career nanny. So I was around children Ah. and I, I helped raise the couple and I was kind of ready to take it on. But when we started dating, me and my husband decided we were going to have them in our 30s. And my yeah. husband is still 29. It <laughs> <laughs> didn't quite work out. But yeah.
0: It so, is what it is. We
3: have two now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, the yeah. universe
0: says uh, when things are going to happen and nobody has any control over that. Well, wow. that, is, that is wonderful to hear about your family. Uh, obviously, one of the things that we wanted to f- find out is a little bit about your Rett syndrome story. Yes. So, uh, and I've already mentioned at the, at the top that Poppy, she does have Rett syndrome. What was your diagnosis experience like? Um, so
3: Poppy was diagnosed a month before her third birthday, after she was referred to pediatrics um, because she was presenting with developmental delays. She took a very long time to walk, which was the first concern. Um, and she was two and a half when she finally did it. Um, when we entered, let's say, the health system, we had absolutely no clue how difficult everything is. And it was just referrals, appointments, cancellations, rebooking appointments, blood tests, things got lost, more blood tests, Mm -hmm. and just a really long, really long process, which we had no idea um, was going to take over our lives. And it kind of takes away the joy of having a child when you're constantly going to hospital, constantly reading reports uh, that contradict themselves. And nobody at first understood what was going on with Poppy because Rett syndrome is still quite rare. Mm-hmm. So the doctor we were assigned to had never heard of it. Um, oh. So even when the text came back saying it's red syndrome, that person basically handed some leaflets and <laughs> we were on our way, you know. like it's a
0: bit, Oh, no. Yeah. That's she, not helpful. She, she <laughs> didn't
3: know anything about it. Um, she had to go... After Poppy was diagnosed, she had to go on a course um, just so that the situation would not happen again to her and that she would know next time if somebody else came in with a child with RET. Yeah. And she put us in touch with a wonderful charity co- called um, RET UK. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And we got on, honestly, we got so lucky because I don't know if you know, but um, in London we have one of the rare red clinics. There's only two in the UK. Uh, it's Cardiff and London. Um, so she referred us to the WET clinic and I don't know if yours is. Mine is a panel with five specialists. You have OTSLT, Neurology, WET UK and another, I can't remember which one it was, another specialist. And basically they invite you in and everybody observes poppy for two hours and she does whatever she wants and they just all play with her and then you go from there so we were so lucky to have that because i know so many people in the uk they have to travel um they have to travel down to london and it takes a long time whereas we were already there so for us it was quite easy in that way um but yeah it was still very long to get there Get yeah. the diagnosis and Everything moved quite fast after, but getting there, so long.
0: Yeah, and, and it sounds like it was incredibly frustrating uh, to go through it because Very. not a lot of people had any knowledge about it.
3: No, and um, even so, when we first looked into it, when they said, do you agree to have the blood test for Rett syndrome? When we Googled it the first time, it was a couple of years ago now, about, yeah, about um, three years ago. The Wikipedia page, I don't know if you Googled it and you found it. Yes. It's changed now. It's changed. It's been remade, but it was so scary. Um, the first picture was um, a little girl with like scoliosis, really bad scoliosis in black and white. And there was not much positive about it. It was all very grim. <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah that was quite scary
0: yeah that's that's one of the the biggest complaints that i have about how everything is on the internet ar- right now about rett syndrome it's very sanitized or mm. it comes across as rather bleak and oftentimes it's done that way for fundraising purposes being able to tell a sad story can get people to open up their pocketbooks and donate to the cause, which is absolutely imp- important. But both you in your situation, oh yeah, and, and us <laughs> yes. in our situation, when the first video we came across was a very somber and sad. Uh, it, well, it was. It was just uh, dark imagery. Mm. That wasn't what we needed in that moment. So my goal one day. One day I will solve this problem. I don't know how, but I I hate that there are still parents who are having to go through that same experience that both your family and and our family went through. It's not It's fun. funny you
3: say you want to solve it because it was my thought as well, and I've I've thought so many times about doing all these informative videos and. Mm -hmm. answering all of the questions in a, in a better light kind of thing. But I've never actually found the time to actually do it. Well, but but I think you do do that. funny. You
1: do do that with your Instagram account. You have an Instagram account and you share stuff and Mm -hmm. it's all for the, like it's positive and it's uplifting and mostly yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't, you don't hide the bad stuff, but, but that's not your focus your focus is exactly, is the yes. positive so you i mean one person's instagram account unfortunately is not going to change google and
0: no. the internet
1: but <laughs> but if we all start doing stuff like that if we all start you know sharing those those highlights mm. the high points
3: yeah. i actually got inspired by i don't know if you follow her magnolia's hop, hope hope mm-hmm. yeah magnolia yes um yeah when i first started she's one of the first i stumbled upon on instagram mm-hmm. um and she's the one that made me want to really um document my journey with poppy and show it and Write blog articles like she does, and I read all her stuff. <laughs> and uh, I really relate with what she writes. Always, sometimes it's sad. Obviously, it's not always yeah um the joy There's also obviously the sad part. But yeah, she made me want to start, so I did. That's awesome. She's what? one
1: of the first. uh She's one of the
3: first, or well,
1: Magnolia was one of the first families that we found as well, or that I found on Instagram.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they are really
3: big. I think in the US because of me in the UK, I saw the community is quite tiny. Mm-hmm. I had to expand to yeah to look around for US a little bit in France, but not that many unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Americans, the Red family um, are the ones that inspired me first, and then I found the UK ones. And but first, it was all from the US. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess it makes sense because we're so tiny, and you have such a big country.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, we do have Those 350 students. million people, and so you know, just <laughs> just from a statistical standpoint, it makes more sense that there would be more individuals <laughs> afflicted <laughs> with Brett syndrome. But I, we've we've had the opportunity to be able to meet many people across the world, in New Zealand, and in Iceland, and in Australia, and it, it just all over the place. And it's been really great to see. But what I've heard in many of those instances that uh, right now, the support and and knowledge about Rett syndrome isn't really that great. Obviously, in your situation for receiving the diagnosis, that that particular physician Mm. hadn't heard of it before. But since your diagnosis, what has your experience been? Are people more aware of it uh, is, is it's is there obviously not as large of a community like you mentioned as there may be in other countries but what what's that like
3: so so you got both scenarios you got the people who thinks they know about it but then when they write it down they will put an h in the middle <laughs> like mm, the, the yeah. name like somebody called rat yeah um and you have the people who will just tell you no i've never heard of it and you can kind of they're interested. They ask lots of questions, which I find is quite nice instead of pretending you know when you don't really. Yeah. Or maybe you have a vague idea because you've heard it. But I prefer when people ask me, please educate me, than they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, of course I know, and then they don't. I don't really like that.
2: But That's Yeah, great. you
3: get both. Um, because we see lots of, obviously, clinics and specialists and every year probably changes um class as well at the moment in our Mm -hmm. school she changes teachers she changes staff so every time you kind of have to retell the story re-explain what it is what it does and how it affects her but i don't mind it i mean as time go i guess it's just i'm so used to it but at first it was a bit like I don't know how to describe it to you, like get to know her and ask me questions if you have them, but I don't know. But now I just, so you have to be mindful of this, mindful of that. (laughs) I just, yeah. You just list it off. I just know
1: everything. I'm curious, have you, (laughs) exactly have you put anything together? Because you have to do it every year. Have you put anything together, like a paper or something that's like, this is Poppy and so you can just we're pass so lucky. On.
3: Um we have lots of resources from Red UK. We get in the post and we get um it's like a binder, mm-hmm. so it's like a checklist, it's like A to Z. So it's all alphabetical and you got all of the, the knowledge about Red syndrome. So every time something arrives um with Poppy, like for example, she was diagnosed with scoliosis in September 2020, and I had no idea if it was like like everybody else's scoliosis or something that's different with Fred syndrome. Um, And I just had to go in the binder, letter S, and scoliosis, and you had all the info. Mm -hmm. And I found, so I give that to everybody that asks. (laughs) The teachers, I'm like, uh, do you want the red checklist? I'll give it to you. And I give them, uh, I've copied it, I have it in a PDF form, and I give that to everybody that um, asks me and that has Poppy in their care. So, yeah, nice. <laughs> I do have that, that folder. And Poppy has also a little, also I need to update it because it was her birthday recently. But um, she has a passport and I do it every year. It's something we take with us to the playground. Mm-hmm. So, for so example, when somebody is going to be curious about her, she can show them the passport. It's like um, a communication passport. It talks for her. And he just says, hi, my name is Poppy, I like mermaids and unicorns and pepper Pig is my favorite. Like it's really simple. It's got like lots of images and she can kind of relate with other children, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Instead really of them cool. just staring and she can't answer and yeah. So we do have that as well, but I, I need to make another because he says I am five and she's six now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I remake it every year because she changes quite, quite a lot as well. Mm.
0: Well, that's a that's a great tool to have. We've never heard of of having something like that before, uh, specifically for individuals with Rett syndrome, children to be able to connect with other children. Everything we've always heard is, you know, have something to be able to share with other parents and other adults. And uh, oftentimes, yeah, I think we overlook the fact that being able to have those good social uh, skills and relationships that's that's absolutely important to have. That's really great. So you mentioned that. Currently, there are two clinics in the UK, um, yes. and you mentioned uh, a little bit about um, your, your uh, experience when you go there. The first time Even? you went, what was your feelings? Uh, well, I, for us, our first time, it was, uh, I mean, Sarah was the one that, that went. Uh, and if you want to explain more on that, that's fine. But I think it was, you know, almost relief. Because you didn't have to explain yeah. everything in that moment. Because
1: they already knew everything. Well, I'm sure they don't know everything. But <laughs> they were already experts in Rett syndrome. So I didn't have to sit there and explain, this is Rett syndrome. This, these are the symptoms that she's having. You know, I didn't have to do any of that. I was actually the one that was learning the information. And I also, yes. you know, it was nice that they you could tell they didn't just Google the condition right before your appointment, <laughs> you know,
0: um, that never happens. Oh, right? <laughs> um, I'm sure it does. <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: Um, but the other nice thing that, that, that I saw was that they talked to Zoe on her level. Like they got down with her and they, mm-hmm. you know, they weren't just talking to me because most people they they don't, I I think they just don't know how to talk to Zoe. They And so they just talk to me and they're kind of like,
3: oh, that's Zoe. And sometimes they say things which are, you would never say that in front of a child, but they assume uh-huh. she can't understand what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Which I hate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but mm-hmm. it was,
1: the, the right Clinic was so great though, because they, they just knew, you just talked to her like anybody else, you know? Exactly. <laughs>
3: But what was I love that I like loved, you loved our time. Um, so we were still able, because it was before COVID, we were still able to go together, me and my husband, mm-hmm. with Poppy. Um, obviously, I don't know if I said that, but I was pregnant with flu already. Um, so when Poppy got her diagnosis, I was seven weeks pregnant with my second. Um, so I think I was about five, six months pregnant when we went to the clinic. Um, and Poppy, what really was striking about her is that everybody was saying to her, you're amazing, um, like really positive. So she was beaming. She was showing <laughs> off all of her skills and um, they test, they tested her hand function and um, uh, so they made her grab a drinking cup and something else and obviously she was showing that she could... Um, it was just beautiful to see. Everybody was like, oh, you're so strong. You're so beautiful. You're so clever. Like they were all basically making it a big positive experience for her. Uh, it was not that scary. They answered all our questions. Um, the doctor, which we are still in touch with, um, which I'm still in awe of, is one of the ones um, doing the gene therapy trials at the moment in Mm -hmm. the UK. He's called um, Dan Lumsden. Uh, He's a neurologist and he really knew his stuff. It was, I mean, he explained to me everything about, everything, Uh, (laughs) so clever, so bright. Like he explained to me everything really simple as well. So I could understand like all of the genetic parts, how it happened, Uh, he explained to me de novo the fact that it's a de novo mutation so it's completely accidental and he he put us at ease and he said your daughter is amazing you're doing an amazing job no it was fantastic I mean I have a really good memory of it I mean we came out we were like the future's bright whereas when we got the diagnosis we were like oh I think that's gonna maybe be hard yeah yeah but yeah
0: yeah, I I could certainly see. I I think that's what happens with with most people who attend the ret clinic that we're closest to, is they feel like they can conquer anything, they can take it all on. It's not a huge problem. It's it, yeah, there's issues, but it's manageable. It's something that that you can handle. Uh, how often do you get to go to the ret clinic?
3: So we've been twice. Um, it's mostly when something new arises, for example, um, last year, um, Poppy was having trouble with losing too much weight, mm-hmm. so they were talking about getting a feeding tube for her maybe, um, we, well, we said we wanted to try everything else we could be for. Absolutely. So in the end, she does not have a tube, but at that point, uh, something massive was shifting so that's when you get to go back to the clinic when there is something changing either in our behavior or in our health or um, anything but otherwise you just don't see them you can give them a call or i have his direct email like can email Mm. him with questions and um but if things stay the same you do not go back to the clinic basically
0: Oh, that's good. That's good that you're able to have it on an as-needed uh, basis. Exactly. Uh, who Who is the one that manages the clinic? Is that managed by the NHS, is. or is that um, RET UK?
3: It's, it's the NHS, I think. It's one of the main hospitals in, in central London. It's called the Evelina. Okay. It's a children's hospital. Yes.
0: Oh, okay. All right. That's really great. That's really great to have uh, have that provided for you guys. Well, we're, we're also always very interested to hear what other services you guys are able, are able to receive where you're at. Obviously, being here in the United States and specifically it's in the state we, that we live in, yeah, in Colorado, it is very different, even from people who are living on the East Coast of the United States. So we love to hear what are some of the unique things that you guys are able to receive to support your family?
3: Um, so before you get into school you get everything through the NHS, which is the health system. Mm-hmm. And once you go to school, everything is provided through the school. So as soon as we got into the, the preschool system and Poppy got a space when she was uh, two and a half into like a really good nursery, a specialist nursery, we basically all of the waiting lists was it was done and we moved on to all the therapists in school. So in school we have a physio. Um, they provide a wheelchair clinic, an orthotic clinic as well. So for the feet, mm-hmm. um, because Poppy needs uh, orthopedic boots. Yeah. Um, we have. We even have the pediatrician now coming into school. So we don't have to go into hospital as often. They come to you. Um, we have OT as well so occupational therapy uh, we have an eye gaze specialist
0: oh how great
3: um, somebody that's teaching poppy yes how to use an eye gaze we have this there's so much honestly um, it's all through the school we even have so me I can access therapy so I see a therapist to talk about my feelings or my feels or anything that happens with poppy my challenges I can wow. see a therapist through school yeah it's it covers everything all of the basic and you have like a family super worker it's mm-hmm. all it's all one one big team basically and they all work closely and honestly this school is a godsend we um, we can't rave enough about it. It's it's amazing.
0: That's really great. Well, Sarah and I are going to share in a later episode a little bit about what's been happening as of late with Zoe and and her situation at school, which I can tell you as of late, it's actually turned into really a really good situation, but it has been such a learning yes. curve. And so we're always jealous of families like yours that are able to find a school that it just works. It just works for you. So we're happy to be where we're at now, but oh my goodness, it is, it has taken uh, approximately a year uh, to get to the point that we're at now. And it doesn't sound like a very long time, but a year year is a long time. (laughs) Last
3: year, I mean, even the last two years when COVID and the pandemic and all that started, um, it halted our progress. It was really hard to get back where we are. Um, but at school and Poppy's new teacher, from she started with her in September. Mm-hmm. I mean, you sh- you should just see the bond. It's um, well, you must know they they move their hands constantly. They raise yes. their hands and. Uh, when Poppy sees the teacher, um, so she crouches down to our level, Poppy goes over to her, she stops in her hand, she, pu- she puts them both on her chest, and she puts her eyes into her eyes to tell her, basically, I love you, or I'm here, talk I'm- to me, I'm happy to see you. Yes, yeah. it's, it's adorable. I'm a bit jealous because she doesn't do that to me. <laughs> um, but yes, it absolutely melts my heart. It's, their bond is incredible.
0: That's that's wonderful. That is really wonderful that you guys have that. Um, you you mentioned uh, the eye gaze therapist, and that really caught my attention. Yes. Is is this a, a speech therapist, or is this somebody who's who's been trained in in so in she eye gaze specifically?
3: Is a bit of both. I think wow. she was a speech therapist before. So Poppy has two uh, speech therapists. She mm-hmm. has her for the eye gaze especially, and she has another one for um, all the low tech. So. Poppy uses a pod book, which is uh, symbols and picture exchange, communication, these kind of things. And then the eye gaze specialist knows everything there is to know about the eye gaze. So everything to mount it to a wheelchair, um, to have it at home, all of the stands, um, just to be able to maximise our use of eye gaze. And she's been with her since she was three and a bit, three and a half maybe. Is that, is that like Callie? Is
1: that
2: Callie she's Ward?
3: Called, she's called Gillian Hart. Oh, Gillian Hart. But okay. maybe there is a couple. Um, this lady works really closely with another lady called Nikki Steiner, and these two are an amazing team, honestly, yeah. Wonderful. They got copied onto the program really fast. She was one of the youngest to get an eye gaze on trial, and since they've been helping her every step of the way to just keep using it, keep learning, put new tools inside it. Um, Yeah, absolutely. I love eye gaze. I could talk about eye gaze all day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it solved a lot of problems that you had. It it does, yes. That's great. That's great. We are still in the midst of of learning it all ourselves, and and Zoe is using it every single day, but we can definitely see leaps and bounds of growth in her where she is participating in conversations, even though it's very broken sentences, it is words and small phrases that are being thrown into the conversation that are very much applicable. And it's really fun to see. It's very exciting to know that the the future of communication for her is 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 going to be fine. She can she can the handle gaze. it. I
3: mean, Poppy just started making jokes with our eye gaze. And- <laughs> With the so they're working on the yes no uh, answer to have a really clear yes a really clear no, and Poppy's so cheeky. For example, the teacher is going to be like, "Are you having a good day at school?" or "Are you happy to be at school?" and she will answer, "No," and then she will <laughs> laugh. <laughs> She's like, "Are you
2: sure?" and then
3: she will say, "Yes." Yes, <laughs> but she she makes jokes like you can really tell like she she enjoys that um, making yeah. jokes and seeing the reaction of everybody um, <laughs> fake outrage. <gasps> You're yeah. not liking your day, yeah, no,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. So
3: funny,
0: absolutely. Well, and it it it's these real world examples that show that Rett syndrome isn't a cognitive disability. Uh, no, There it isn't. there can be those those issues that come alongside it, but it doesn't mean that because you have Rett syndrome, you therefore have a cognitive disability as well. And that has been one of the struggles that we've been dealing with in in our own situation here. And I think we've gotten to a point where people are beginning to recognize that and understand it's simply that we don't speak the same language that Zoe speaks. And we have to take the time to learn it but the unfortunate part is she's learning it at the same time. (laughs) And so it's this constant back and forth where we feel like we're catching up. And then she moves a little bit one way or another, and it's not all linear. It's moving in all sorts of directions. And so it's an impossible uh, goal to achieve. And we just have to keep working with it. But there's these, these glimmers of of light where it just proves without a shadow of, of doubt in my mind that in Zoe's situation, she currently does not have a cognitive disability. Rhett syndrome has not stopped her from developing mentally like a typical um, five-year-old. Mm-hmm. And that that makes me feel really good. <laughs> it makes me feel really good. No, great. me too.
3: Um, Some things I noticed about Poppy is um, a lot of the things that she does, which are... Th- still toddler-like, are mm-hmm. comfort. So, for example, she remembers uh, her favourite things from childhood and it's just comforting for her to keep on reading the same books that she used to, watching the same videos that she used to. It's more a comfort than she does not have the cognitive ability to watch a more um, a different movie that is more her age. It's, it's really a comfort. I don't know if you know what I mean. For example... Mm-hmm. We want her to watch, I don't know, Toy Story, for example, because we love it. And she does not want to because she feels a bit overwhelmed by it, but she still asked to watch all of the shows she used to as a baby. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people are like, oh, so our intellectual um, capacity must still be the same age as this baby show, like zero to three or something like that. And I say to them, no, it's not. It's just it's comfort.
0: Yeah. Well, she you, knows
3: it by heart. She knows what to expect. It's Yeah, it's comfort.
0: Even as adults, we do that, where we, we go back. And, I mean, just recently, I was watching on Disney Plus uh, Girl Meets World. Because for <laughs> me, Boy Meets World uh, was such a, a, a great show, and I really enjoyed it watching it growing up. And the, the continued story, even though it is very much a tween series, it is not designed for me. Uh, it, I, I enjoy the fact that the story continued, something that I loved very dearly. And so I was kind of embarrassed when I was watching it and Sarah walked in and I explained it to her. But then I was like, why does it matter? I'm happy. It's nothing. <laughs> exactly. It's fine. Leave it's me long alone.
3: It makes her
2: happy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so even, even as adults, we do that. And the, and the interesting thing is, we don't, we, we don't question it in those situations. No, exactly. And and Mm. simply because Poppy and Zoe have Rett syndrome, where physically they act differently, um, the immediate response is, well, we're going to assume that everything else is also possible, that other disabilities are absolutely possible. And we don't do that in any other situation. Um, So. It's, it's unfair and it's great to hear that you guys are having a wonderful experience with uh, Poppy's school and, and I'm happy with where we're going with our school as well. Uh, I wanted to jump back for a second to prior to Poppy's diagnosis, had you and your husband had any connections to disabilities or disability communities prior to, to receiving her diagnosis?
3: Not really, and we're we're a bit ashamed actually of that. To be fair, because yeah. it's just something we've not really been exposed to. Um, there is no other disabled person in any of our families. Yeah. Um. Recently, because of our uh, journey, we learned one of Tom's cousin had a son with autism. Mm-hmm. Um. But before that, well, we, we've we never met that person. He's never, he's not seen her since she had the child. And yeah, we, we had no clue. Um, and to be fair, I feel like it's a bit, it's, it's new, but it's a bit unfair to expect, I guess, of him to have, I don't know, connected with this part of his family because they, well, as we did, exactly, we did the same, actually they've retweeted and they stayed in between themselves and they did not share the news with the rest of the family. And when we got our diagnosis, we kind of did the same. Mm. I think because we were scared of not being accepted and just um, people not understanding what we were going through. But it was unfair of us to, I don't know, expect, I don't know, people to keep coming to us and keep inviting us to things when we we decided that's it, we're spending Christmas on our own this year, we're, we're taking time to be just us together because we were, I guess we were scared of breaking the news to all of our families and yeah. also, I mean, you know, Rett syndrome is, they develop completely typically and suddenly something changes around 18 months or around toddlerhood. Mm-hmm. So it was such a surprise. And at first, everybody was in denial. Everybody kept saying, no, the doctors must be wrong. Nothing nothing is happening. She, she's going to catch up. She will talk. She will. And uh, when these things don't happen, you feel like you're letting people down, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. I don't know.
2: Yeah.
3: I, r- I ramble a little. Um, but yes, we... We were grieving, I guess, and we needed our privacy and we needed time to open ourselves up, if that makes sense, to our families. Yeah. Whereas they wanted, I guess, they wanted to pretend nothing was happening and nothing had changed and we needed them to acknowledge this new world we were going through and this news, this news with us, basically. And they were not able to do this for us.
0: So they there was some pushback in your family. They they weren't prepared. Yes. They they were in denial of the situation.
3: Um we knew something was happening. Um Poppy was having these awful night terrors. That's mm-hmm. how it first started for us. She she was having anxiety attacks. Um that was regression. Um so she was losing skills and she was scared. Mm. Basically, obviously anyone would be. Um because she could see that she was losing the control of her hands she was she was learning words and then they were disappearing and it was scary for her and everybody was trying to help but no one knew how if that makes sense and even we didn't know and after a while i kind of i had enough (laughs) Mm -hmm. of everybody basically telling me to just wait and i pushed and pushed and pushed and i was on the phone constantly chasing the doctors getting new appointments i went private for a lot of things when it is so expensive but still i needed answers i needed answers and my mom was kind of telling me to let it be to just whatever happens will happen i could not do that i needed to know um so, yeah, we did it on our own, the whole journey. Um, my family is quite far away, and Tom's family lives also uh, five hours away from us. So it was just us. And then when we got the news, we just didn't really know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, pre- we had prepared them a little bit. Um, this was the Christmas before, we flew to France, and we prepared them with the news that... Um, we were waiting on results, genetic results, and we, we had an idea of what it could be. Like Poppy was literally like eight out of ten for Red Syndrome. When you looked at the the signs, let's say, so it was pretty obvious yeah. uh, to me. My husband decided to think it was not happening, but to me it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so we prepared them just for the eventuality and then I guess um, when it hit us the news and et cetera, um, we didn't handle it very well. Um, I regret I regret pushing everybody away and you know not letting anyone in and just grieving on my own when everybody was just trying to be helpful. Um, it's something I, I regret um,
0: in in that moment, did you feel that individuals were who were trying to help? Did you feel they were being condescending at all? Because I certainly felt that at times, even though they were well-intentioned.
3: Well, because at first as well, so even though we got the diagnosis um, when Poppy was almost free, she was not presenting with any of the uh, – it was invisible, if you know what I mean. She was mm-hmm. not – you couldn't – like she looked – absolutely still well she still is perfect in every way obviously mm-hmm. but she you could not see the disability at all whereas now obviously the obvious signs are the constant um hand wringing she she bangs her lips with one of her hands um she cannot swallow a saliva very well so lots of dribble mm-hmm. um she has a tremor as well so one of her hands um the left hand doesn't work at all anymore um for purpose uh, purposeful use. Mm. She cannot use it at all. She has a tremor with the right hand. Um, Like you can see it. But I guess when a baby has developed completely almost typically for 18 months and physically, you can't see it, it's hard to accept for people who are not with the child all the time. Whereas we knew from the start because we're with her 24-7, I was our main carer for so long. Mm-hmm. We knew something was happening to her and we needed the answers, whereas they would see all the smiley pictures and all of the happy videos we would send to families. You know, it's it's different, I guess, from yeah. the parents.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we've shared on, on the podcast before that I was – the one that was in denial about the whole situation until we went and saw a, a specialist pediatrician who then recommended that we do the gene testing and at that point it started to become very real for me and there were other people in our family who were kind of staying in the same camp that I was in of allow it to happen allow it to continue
3: not be happening
0: yeah. yeah and even even just saying well that's that's not um, that that doesn't necessarily mean that's who Zoe is going to be just a lot of denial. And so I kind of understood where they were coming from on that being that I had been in denial for such a long time. And when, when it finally came out, yeah, I, I felt at times that people were being condescending to us about the situation that they didn't understand the gravity of the situation. And even, It was kind of weird because it didn't really matter how anybody responded. I didn't like it. (laughs) Sometimes we were like, I'm so sorry. That is so frustrating and that is so awful. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, stop feeling sorry for me. Leave me alone. And then other people are like, well, you know, it's so great. Mm -hmm. She has, you know, you as parents and everything's going to be great and fine. And I'm like, no, it's not going to be great. and fine." (laughs) So it didn't really matter what anybody did. I felt the same. I I didn't want, Um, I didn't want any of it from them but I needed it though too you know it's just a hard situation to be in
3: for me the big um I mean I love the intention behind it but a lot of people sent me that poem called welcome to Holland oh yes you've been sent that
0: well we we were never sent it. it that way yeah we were never we were never sent it um and I I can completely understand how people sending it to you would not be received very well. We stumbled across it ourselves. And so when we came across it on our own, it was very powerful for us because we felt like in that moment, we needed to hear that.
3: <laughs> oh, it's but beautiful. It's beautiful. It like is. Written, it's just, I did not want to look at it that way. Well, I and wanted to borrow in self-pity. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Well, and I'm sure it also felt like people were, were forcing something on you that you weren't prepared to hear. Whereas we heard it, we came across it organically. It just happened. We We stumbled upon it. We read it, and in fact, we we shared it on the podcast, and and it was... It 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 was so
2: beautiful. It is wonderful.
0: It is wonderful. But you need to be in the right mindset, and to have it forced upon you doesn't help at all.
3: Nope. It was was their response as well. I was a bit surprised when I received it about three, four times. I was thinking, oh, so this is what you do when somebody tells you, my child turns out to have a disability, so this is... uh, (laughs) The, the response so you send this poem to make them feel better
0: um, yeah uh, yes I don't
3: know nah Um nah,
0: yeah but it's...
3: I don't know as well because so I don't know if you'd use the same thing but for example when we got the diagnosis and all that we uh, it was in the morning um, so we could not show in front of Poppy that we were sad so all our awake hours you you bottle it up and mm. you put on a straight mm-hmm tight face, by face, um, and you do not show your sadness. And then once she goes to bed, that's when you allow yourself, I don't know, to feel sad, have a little cry if you need, I guess, etc. But so when people would see me with Poppy during the day, I would be the happy, bright face, obviously I would not be breaking down in front of them. So they would assume this is amazing, you're so strong, you're so, and I I didn't want them to, I don't know, I didn't want them to point that out, yeah. <laughs> kind of, because it's not what I felt. Um, But yeah, at the same time, obviously, um, we needed to do that for Poppy, we needed to shelter her from all pain, if that makes sense, and we were still wonderfully happy to have her in our life, mm-hmm. so we could not, yeah, we could not let her see, but that makes it so hard when you have no choice. Um, yeah, it makes it so hard to be happy when all you want to do is <laughs> stay in bed, um, have a cry. It's it's difficult.
0: Yeah, no, it it definitely is. It definitely is. You you shared it the it, it, a little bit ago about how you guys are receiving therapy services yourselves as mm-hmm. as the parents. When were yes. you able to begin receiving those? How how long after the diagnosis did that begin?
3: Um, I actually had a meltdown because um, I was eight months pregnant or seven months pregnant, very, very pregnant. And um, Poppy was having extreme reflux all the time, vomiting, lots of vomiting, which she has now overcome. But we found out later that she had like an unsafe swallow and um, so all the liquids needed to be thickened and so that solves the reflux to have all of the liquids thickened, mm-hmm. thickener. Um, but back then, so constantly changing our clothes, you know, and um, constantly laundry, laundry, laundry um, <laughs> and I had a bit of a meltdown in the classroom. so one of the teachers took me to the family support worker and said, look, we have this service. If you you want it, we can see if she has availability for you. And that's how we started, (laughs) me breaking down in the classroom and um, (laughs) somebody being like, maybe you could, if you want to, you can do therapy. And I was on a waiting list with the hospital and I had been for probably seven, six months. Mm. And nothing was coming out of it. So the school offered the service and it's been a blessing. I've been seeing her for two and a half years, even before my son was born. So yes, a long time.
0: That's really great. Well, that was something that we were told to do by Colleen English. We interviewed her back in October of 2021. And that's something that we have actually started doing ourselves. And for me, it's it's been a very positive experience because it's not just walking through the trauma and the grieving of Rhett syndrome and everything that that means for Zoe and our family, but you begin to realize that there's other things that having a mm. an extra support system uh, beyond your immediately immediate family is it's important. It's so important yes. to have. So, anybody listening who is uh, in denial about needing those services. I'll tell you, it's worth it. It is absolutely Mm. worth it.
3: Tell it to my husband because I've been trying. Please tell him.
0: I will. I will, absolutely. It's, It's hard because you have to become vulnerable. And to do that with somebody who's a complete stranger, that's not how we are as humans, but that's what you need to do.
1: Not gonna lie, I honestly find it easier to be vulnerable with a complete stranger than mm. with people that I'm familiar with. Why is that i because they don't know anything about me so i I don't have a pre made they don't have a pre made conception of who I am
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so I can be whatever like. I don't have to put on like a fake face or a mask or whatever and like you know pretend to be the the strong person that they think I am. Mm-hmm. I can just be whoever who maybe is really sad or or you know whatever it is. <laughs> so I find it actually easier to talk to you know a complete stranger about things cuz I'm like they don't they don't have that pre-made this is Sarah. And, you know, they I don't have to, you said,
3: yeah, and... I don't
1: have to stay in that box of this is Sarah and this is what she does. And this is, you know, I can be just whoever. I mean, I'm still me, but, <laughs> but I don't have to pretend to just be me. I no, can, to you know.
3: spare their feelings. You don't have to spare their feelings. Yeah. That's one thing. You don't have to, Yeah. I can be, as well, I can be angry with her, well, not necessarily with her, but in her presence. I can let myself be angry at my husband, for example, which obviously I would contain in front of my children. um, Or when I have somebody I'm angry about in the medical sense as well, like, for example, my doctor or um, a therapist that's not treated properly or something, yeah. With her, I can let it out, and she gives me um, uh, ideas of what to do, how to how to basically manage anything, anything that arises. and if I didn't have her honestly i don't I don't think I would react so well to some situations, but having her as a filter or like as a I go to her first and she tells me if what I want to do about the situation is good, or if I can do it a, another way which is better. I mean, I love
0: it. Um, therapies. Yeah, it's amazing, I think. Yeah. That thought popped in my head, Sarah, when you were talking about being whoever you want to be. Uh-huh. Years ago, I saw a post on Facebook that was talking about um, uh, how awkward it is when you have one group of fa- friends that end up associating in a party or a, a special family event. They end up associating with your another group of friends. Uh And I think we all do that where we have different groups of people that we act differently in front of for whatever reason, because there's certain dynamics. And so it it sounds like for you, at least when you're with, with your therapist, you're able to shed those expectations.
1: exactly. Gotcha. I don't have to fit the specific group that I'm talking to.
3: I can just be whoever mm-hmm. I can be fluid <laughs> you can talk about anything I mean, or yeah. You can, yeah that's <laughs> the beauty of it I sometimes I go in I think I'm going to talk about I don't know something and in the end uh, something else comes out and it was actually more important because I decided to put that first and I yeah. realised actually everything I've been keeping yes um, yeah. yeah it's really interesting
0: absolutely absolutely well, uh, this has been an absolutely wonderful conversation. I have really enjoyed talking with you, Emily. It's been so Thank great you. to hear about your family. It's so great to hear about your experiences. Of course, it's been wonderful to learn more about Poppy and the wonderful person that she is. And uh, mm. I hope that we have a, an opportunity to meet in person one day because we, it sounds like Poppy and Zoe are cut from the same cloth.
2: They are
0: very similar. Zoe is incredibly sarcastic at the moment. And I, I think we could, we could have a good laugh with the two of them in the same room.
3: Definitely. Um, I don't know if you like me to say, but Poppy just met a little girl called Ruby with three and a half. And they happened to be in the same school. And they went to the same holiday club over the holidays. And honestly, these two were skimming something. They were sat next to <laughs> each other. They were looking at each other. They were doing the same movements. We were like, oh, they're scheming something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <definitely. laughs> and it was beautiful to see. I loved it.
0: How wonderful. How wonderful. Well, Emily, if people want to connect more with you and your family and hear more about Poppy, where can they go to find you?
3: Um, so they can find me on my Instagram page called Popsilu. Uh, new which is et.nous um or they can find me on facebook i do have a page called nobody puts poppy in the corner
0: oh that's great that is such a great name <laughs> we will definitely leave links to both of those down in the show notes but once again emily thank you so much for coming on and we hope to be able to talk to you talk to you again real soon thank you <laughs> Thank you again to Emily for coming on the show and chatting with us, telling us her story, and more. Yes, a lot of really good information that came out of that, and we have now officially met somebody from the United Kingdom. Woohoo! Woohoo! Well, and and she's French too. So, do we get to take off two boxes? Yes. No,
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
0: <laughs> we'll have to revisit the rules for uh, for. Who we are marking off for what and where So but we'll get back to you guys on that Yes In the meantime though It is now time for Can't leave it Sarah
1: Can't leave it
0: What can't you leave
1: Okay Um, We just finished watching Downton Abbey We did Well Somewhat recently Yes We did Um, I don't have a show to watch anymore we don't. No.
0: You don't say. You you say we. Okay. We don't.
1: We don't have a show to watch anymore. Yeah. And I don't have a show to watch in general.
0: Okay. Is that it?
1: My go-to is The Office.
0: And? I just
1: rewatched The Office over and over and over and over and yeah. over. I honestly can't tell you how many times I've seen it because I've seen it so many times. Yeah, I believe it. Um. Because I also throw it on in the background when I'm doing other things because I've seen it so many times that I don't have to, like, watch the whole time. Um, So my can't leave it is I need suggestions for other shows.
0: (laughs) Wait, are you crowdsourcing? Yes, I am. (laughs) I'm crowdsourcing. So if you have a
1: suggestion on a show that I might like... um, I mean, I just told you I'm obsessed with The Office. That should tell you enough about me to, to pick out any other shows.
0: Yeah, everything. <laughs> everything.
1: Um, but yeah, send me some recommendations of specifically TV shows because I need a new series to binge watch when I should be sleeping.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, you've been going to bed earlier as of late because I of have, that. So, that is true. Maybe this is a bad idea maybe this is our first can't leave it that wasn't a good idea. No. (laughs) No, I don't think so. Okay.
1: Um. Yeah. So send me send me your ideas because I need some suggestions. Where should they send them? They should send them to they can message us on Instagram or they can send us an email or you're looking at me
0: funny. <laughs> I'm just waiting for you to come up with all the other ones.
1: A website?
0: Uh, no. we don't. I mean, we have a website, but we don't have a website. How are they going to send us a message there? I don't know. <laughs>
1: I don't know, but you're looking at me like, come up with other ideas, and no, I've I'm, gone I'm blank. Lo-
0: I'm lo- the the, the look was... The look was... Facebook. I'm, I'm confused because you're... It sounds to me like we have a thousand different ways that they can get in contact with us when really there's, there's probably not. yeah, two or three. <laughs> so you made it out to be at least I was interpreting it as here's a vast variety of ways. <laughs>
1: it feels vast.
0: Three. That's a lot. It so is. anyways.
1: Okay, what is your can't leave it? <laughs>
0: I don't know that I want to share mine at this point.
1: What do you mean?
0: Yours was really good. It was really good. The commentary was really good.
1: Share your can't leave it.
0: What is your can't leave it? We got an ice maker. Woohoo! (laughs) That's it. Tabletop ice maker. And? It's turquoise.
2: (laughs) It matches our (laughs) KitchenAid.
1: That was why we got it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) You know, I didn't tell you that I did see a microwave that was the same color. It was the same color. And I was like, hey, maybe. But the thing is, like, our microwave is pretty small. Yeah. It's it's probably a medium to small size microwave. Uh Uh, This one was even smaller. So <laughs> it probably is a good idea that no, I don't get that.
1: And I already replaced the microwave.
0: You did. That is a, a story <laughs> for another day. And it is very funny.
1: It is. It is very funny. It's terrible. Um, Maybe that'll be my can't leave it next time. Okay. I should write that down. You should write that down. I should so write that forget,
0: down. So. And with that, thank you so much for joining us for this episode Be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast so that you are notified when we publish episodes, which is every other Monday morning. And please leave us a rating on iTunes. Leave us a message or a question on the Anchor app and you could become part of the show.
1: Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pretty Happy Pod, where we share episode clips, news and updates, and photos of our adorable daughter.
0: If you would like to be interviewed on the show, reach out to us on any of our social media accounts. Or you can send us an email at prettyhappypod at gmail.com. For more information about Rett Syndrome, visit our website.